Welcome all you good movie buddies to The Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie theater popcorn and other movie snacks, such as Raisinets, which I can't believe we've never done as an example. Maybe it's because no one eats them. On this, wow. Bold, we're, we're, we're throwing out bold statements today. Uh, as always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy. And with us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, are you feeling spoilerific today? Absolutely. Good, because that's what this whole episode is about. It's about the Infinity War spoilers. We did an entire spoiler-free episode that came out on Tuesday. This is nothing but spoilers. So from here on out, starting once it hits one minute, it's nothing but spoilers. From now on, turn it off. This is your last chance. Okay. Holy shit, David, everyone died. <laughs> not, that's, a lot, that's a lot of dead people. It's a lot of dead people. Not everybody. Not everybody died, but a lot of fucking people died. We came into this film thinking that it could go one of two ways. That it could go, well, maybe a few people are going to die and Thanos won't get the whole Infinity Stone, the whole Infinity Gauntlet. Or Empire Strikes Back, like full-blown... And Thanos gets the Infinity Gauntlet and everyone's dead. And they kind of did that. Well, for clarification, I always said he was going to get all of them. Okay. Excuse me. Exactly. Don't let me into Excuse your... Excuse me. I apologize. <laughs> but you, if, if my memory if my memory serves me correctly, you said he was going to get the last one at the very end. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I said last one at the very end. And then, Which he kind of did. And then the snap of the finger at the end. Which that was one did. theory. Or, um, or I thought... It was going to be, he gets them all at the end, and not many people die. Okay. All right. So, now we've already talked about the fact that we really, really like the movie. Our our official review has gone forth here. Um, But, goddamn, dude, this, this film was just... Every, I mean, it was everything that you could have anticipated, but also like the twists and turns that this film makes. Um, let's start again. Let's let's try and keep it a little bit organized here. So let's just start about the characters first and foremost. Um, without any, without any, you know, any limit on spoilers. Let's go back over your favorite characters again. I know we talked about how Thor shined in this film, and he really did. But do you have any specific characters or character moments that that you remember? Well, Thor for me is like he's my favorite by a long ways, and then there's a bunch of people that I kind of okay. liked. Okay, so he's him. MVP. He's he's top top for me. Okay. I think you have obviously the opening scene that involves him and Loki dying, um, but you also get um, all the interaction with. The Guardians, uh-huh. which I think are hilarious. His interaction with the rabbit in <laughs> Rocket Raccoon. He's calling Rocket the rabbit. Uh, um, rabbit. <laughs> and obviously you have, you know, the awesome moment of him getting his new. I mean. I mean, it's. If, it's and then by far the best moment of the movie is when he comes to Wakanda. Yeah. And. Obviously, turns the tide of the whole yeah fight there yeah and just like I'm pretty sure that was a goosebumps moment for me. That's like, the when crowd pleaser. Like, we didn't get we had in the first two previous Avengers films we had a shot of the team right. Yep. First Avengers film, it's the famous 
circle shot Mm -hmm. and a second Avengers film. They kind of do the same thing, but on a much bigger scale where they're all slow motion fighting all the robots Mm -hmm. and they're all standing there. This is the best you can do. Um, and, And we get one at the beginning, too, when they're all running forward. We don't really get one of those in this film, but this is the closest to it. Yeah. You know, it's the closest to holy fucking shit. And the whole theater just erupted. You you get a little bit, but it wasn't really like a slow motion shot right when that battle in Wakanda goes. But it's not everybody. It's just the ones that are in Wakanda, which is most of the people. Right. But I think some of the reason you didn't get it is because, one, there's so many characters. You don't have a big enough lens for it. Yeah. Um, and two... You never really had a point in this movie where everybody's together. No, which is really interesting because um, for the majority of the film, you have the Guardians, Spider-Man, Star... Well, actually, I mean, this movie really splits it off into what? Three. Three or four different groups, right? Yeah, so you start out with the people that are in space, which is Guardians and Thor. Uh Uh-huh. And then everybody else is pretty much on Earth. Mm Mm-hmm. And then... Once the attack on New York happens, you really split into three. You've yeah. got, we'll just label it Captain America's group that mm-hmm. goes to Wakanda, Wakanda after bailing out Vision and Scarlet Witch. Right. You have Strange, Stark, and Spider-Man that get on that ship yeah, um, because they're trying to save Strange. And then you have Thor, who never left space. Right. And all the Guardians. Right. And then that splits and that changes because then you have Thor, Rocket, and Groot and fucking Peter Dinklage. Exactly. And then you have the remaining Guardians and Strange, Spider-Man, and Iron Man. And then you still have everybody on Wakanda. Um, I was really interested in those dynamics. I I thought Thor worked really well with Rocket. Yeah. like seeing having Rocket who who dealt in the previous Guardians of the Galaxy with like, okay, these people really like me, you know, dealing with like death and stuff like that. Having him paired with Thor, who has at this point lost practically everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, especially after the first I mean, the first scene of the film is Thanos coming in, fucking half of the Asgardians are already dead. Mm-hmm. He kills Heimdall. No, he whoops Hulk's ass yep first so bad that the hulk doesn't show up for the rest of the film correct and then kills heimdall like that and then loki tries to do some loki shit and he gets got like that like thor has had everyone taken from him his mother his father his friends his land everything and and i thought that that was a really interesting dynamic between those two yep um yeah, I really like that. Well, and it was fun to see um, Stark and Star-Lord interact Stark together. and Star-Lord, Thor and Star-Lord. Like, seeing Star-Lord and Thor were fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. Once Star-Lord started, he's like, all right, I'm going to get a Bowmaster. I'm going to commit. Like, yeah. <laughs> And then he starts talking in a British accent, like, I talk like this all the time. Is your voice lower? Um, Like, amazing, amazing stuff. Well, and I think we also saw, you know, (laughs) another side of Strange. Like, I think one of the weaknesses, and there's very few weaknesses that I would point out in Doctor Strange, um, is 
he kind of feels like we talked about with them. Kind of feels Tony Stark esque. Yeah, and we've seen he's that a rich, we've entitled that. asshole. Yeah, and we've already seen that, and we don't really get to enjoy like the fun parts of Tony Stark, which are the sarcasm, uh-huh. the you know quick wit, like that kind of stuff that Strange has as well. But he's with monks and other people and playing in different dimensions, sure. so we don't get as much of the dialogue other than. Uh, when he's doing the the loop, <laughs> right? And he's yeah, and he's talking about. Uh, but but in in this film, yeah, he's. I would say he. It's. I I would say in this film, the three main characters outside of Thanos. So if you said four, would be Thanos, Strange, Tony Stark, and Thor. And Thor. Those would be my four. Yeah, though they characters. carry the film. I love that that Strange. And Tony Stark can can match wits because I don't think I mean, I don't think anyone can match wits with Tony Stark. There are people who are close, but they're mostly just like, you know, I can't believe your bullshit like Rhodey. Yeah. Rhodey can go toe to toe with Stark, but it's always it always feels like Rhodey's at a disadvantage. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I'm sure there's like Black Widow. Black Widow can always talk Stark down, but seeing strange like and them like so confident like this is what it's got to be and then when strange called uh stark a douchebag i was just i fucking i was sitting next to you i fucking clapped yeah it was amazing it was just so good seeing all of these characters bounce together um so you gave your your four lead characters right mine Mm -hmm. are pretty close as well i would say gamora is obviously a huge part of this film obviously um and then rocket as i previously mentioned but gamora i was anticipating before i before i read the spoilers which we're not going to talk about today because i make my own choices in my life and it didn't diminish my enjoyment of the film one bit because you Um, don't have a heart it didn't whatever um says the canadian machine with a black hole where his heart should be um uh i was i anticipated that Gamora and Nebula would have a lot to do in this film because of their direct relationship to yeah. Thanos. And I was happy to see that pay off, particularly with Gamora. Nebula, eh, not as much. Um, but, I mean, Gamora is an absolute huge part of this film because we find out that in order to get the Soul Stone, Thanos has to sacrifice someone he loves. And she thinks this whole time that he doesn't love anything but himself. And we yeah. get this moment. Sure. When which we haven't we didn't even talk about fucking red red skull showing up <laughs> on the planet where the soul stone is, yeah. which was amazing to see that red skull had been banished to sort of be the keeper of this stone that that he tried to you know attain the power of. So seeing red skull come back alive is like fucking what what could happen? Yeah. But when we get there and when we actually realize that Thanos does truly love Gamora yeah and and she tries to kill him herself and he uses the reality stone to to do that and then yeah. devastating yeah devastating not just because we know Gamora but again going back to Thanos like amazing yeah. that you can feel this level of sympathy well I think the other thing is to we got Nebula's story a little bit in um guardians 2 yeah when you had the moment between gamora and nebula where she talked about you know them fighting all the time Uh and that so you got kind of the background story on nebula 
But we didn't really have, even though we had, obviously, Gamora was part of those fights. Sure. We didn't have a whole lot more about, like, it was obvious that they're not actual true sisters. Like, they don't look anything alike. You know, they're not even the same color. Right. So, and even to Thanos, like, it's not like they're of the same race either. So, you knew, like, there had to have been a story of how Mm -hmm. Gamora became Thanos' daughter. Um, And so, getting that backstory... And everything, you know, seeing this guy, you know, this, you know, for lack of a better term, bad guy. This giant, yeah. Have this soft spot for Gamora when she was little, you know, gives some um, humanity, I guess, to Thanos's character and gives some potentially sympathy or empathy, at least, towards him. Some depth at the very least. Yeah. And again, I think that's one thing that's throughout this film because it is you know i'll continue to call it in in essence in a lot of ways like thanos's origin film sure it's like your anti-hero origin film almost sure um and i mean let's let's be very fucking clear he is not an anti-hero but in his mind he is and yeah and, i mean and, if you're if you're gonna call uh what's his name in spider-man Vulture, Vulture. I, Vulture's a villain. He's sympathetic, <laughs> and I get where he's coming from. But he's a villain. Thanos is the but exact same. Thanos literally thinks, like Vulture is being selfish. He's saying, "I'm Screw doing it, it for my family. I got screwed. I'm doing it for my family. Right. I got screwed over." Thanos. Is, Thanos is literally doing it because he thinks he's saving the world. Right. The because universe. It, yeah. The galaxy. Yeah. Everything. So I mean, from that standpoint, he thinks he's doing what's right. Sure. But. He obviously, you know, mass murder is is probably not right on any level. No, prob- so. genocide probably not the right <laughs> way to not. go about things. No, um, so obviously we've talked about a lot of the characters and and the ones that we really enjoyed. But I was kind of surprised. I don't know. I don't want to say that I was surprised, but I was kind of surprised at how shortchanged a, a bunch of characters got, which you knew was going to happen in this film. Um, particularly, I felt. Teenage Groot did very little in this movie except play his video game. He did two big things in this movie. He played his three big things. He played he played his video game the whole fucking movie, but he helped form the handle for Stormbreaker, mm-hmm. which we need to say Stormbreaker is fucking dope. Yep. Thor's new weapon is amazing. Number two, he showed up on Wakanda and he did the whole, I'm going to spear a bunch of guys and... and and do that and he had the great exchange with with captain america i am groot i am steve rogers amazing (laughs) yeah fucking amazing and then number three this other big thing that he did is he died yeah he had the moment with rocket yeah yeah which man groot can't catch a break that motherfucker's dying all over the place um i also felt that black this is hard because Black Panther is one of the biggest films of all time. It's the third highest grossing sure. film of all time. And you knew that he wasn't going to get the same level of screen time. But I was kind of surprised at how little he had going on. Yeah, well, I think some of it probably was played up to some somewhat the recency of Black Panther. Sure. It's the movie leading like right up. Like they brought up. his theme in. I love that they brought the yeah. theme in. Like it'd be hard to make Black Panther kind of the lead in this film or or one of the leads sure when you just had the movie so everybody would feel like this is reminiscent of like it's it'd be like getting almost like a sequel for three months after you got the you first just, yeah you so you kind of knew it couldn't be i definitely thought he was going to get more but if you think about it 
Black Panther is Wakanda. Wakanda is Black Panther a little bit. Right. Wakanda was a big stage of a lot of what went on in this yeah, movie. Yeah, Shuri, um, Okoye, the 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 battle itself. So absolutely. The ones that I was more surprised in, um, I think, were you know Black Widow. Not a, a lot. little bit. Um, Had a good fight scene at the end. Steve Rogers too. Like if we're in the twilight of Steve Rogers being in Marvel. Like I would expect that he's a little bit more of a central force in this sure. in this film, and maybe he will be in Avengers Four because he is one of the people that survived. Sure. Um, I also was a little surprised at how much um, Tony Stark was at the center of this. A lot of Tony Stark happening so, here. Just like we talked about shortchanged people, like I was surprised that they went the Tony Stark route again sure. and had him as one of the biggest driving forces. I mean, it and makes it makes sense in the culmination of all these films because course. forever it's been Tony Stark. And if you're getting to what all 18 movies have been leading to, you got it. You can't just suddenly ignore Tony Stark and push him to the no, background. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, I, I I agree with that. I feel I feel like they got good moments, and everybody obviously everybody crushes it. You know, everybody crushes it, but like you got your side characters like Bucky had very little, didn't do shit in this sure. movie. Sure, we brought. He back, had a great moment where he got his arm. We we brought back Bucky basically to have him die. Right, like that's pretty much Falcon, the extent. Get, same thing. Get a new arm and die. That's yeah. pretty much it. At uh, least Fal at least Falcon was involved in rescuing villain. Like he was with the crew that was running with Cap and sure. Black Widow and that. Sure. They rescued Vision and 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 Black Widow or in uh Scarlet, Scarlet Witch. Witch which they I think they both had a lot going on. Yeah. Obviously. But I think I think you kind of knew like if you sat back and thought about it like if we're going to be going up against Thanos. Thanos who are the people that are going to need to be at the center of this? People with infinity stones? <laughs> Doctor Strange, yeah. Scarlet Witch, who's arguably the most powerful of of the Avengers. She shows it, yeah. So you kind of knew those were going to be involved. You knew Vision was going to be involved because he has an infinity stone right, in his Thor, head. Loki. Yeah, so you knew those were going to be a big part. Thor being a god, like... You knew those four would need a big part of it sure. because you can't honestly expect, you know, Spider-Man to defeat Thanos. No. Like, <laughs> you know. No, no, you can't. Um, God, there's so much good stuff in this film. Um, so as we talked about in our free refills, let's let's close the character conversation. And there's I mean. It's, we're probably not going to close the character. We could just talk about all the moments. But who do you think wins the movie? I mean, I kind of already hinted at this, but I'm going Thor. Okay. Um, I think he gets, he has, if we're going wrestling terms, he had the biggest pop. Biggest pop. Shows up, lightnings, his, his weapon, he's got Stormbreaker, he fucking, Stormbreaker has bif Bifrost powers, he zooms down into Wakanda. I don't think I've been in a theater that erupted in cheers like that in a long time. Yeah. So, got the big pop. He's funny in it. He does great with his guardian scenes are some of the funniest scenes uh -huh. in there. His rabbit spiel, his stuff with Star-Lord, all awesome. I think I enjoyed the Peter Dinklage portion where he's actually getting it and yep. his interaction with Dinklage. So, I mean, from a start to finish, he's the first Avenger that we see. You know, he goes through losing Loki um, and Heimdall. Like, yep. you see him... 
progress the most in this film, I feel like. And, you know, if we're talking about other than obviously defending against Thanos, like he's the one with the most to avenge if we're if we're talking Avengers themes. Thanos is? No, uh, Thor. Thor? Oh, yeah. yeah him. Yeah. He's lost his entire planet and the people that survived basically, well, he says half of them are dead. So that kind of leads us to believe that maybe there was another... Sh- I, I don't know how half of them are still alive, but I thought we both heard in that movie that he said he killed half my people. Yeah, he um, said half of yeah, he said it a couple times. So I don't know where those other half of people are hiding. Like, did he lock them in the deck below? Like, and the other deck was where <laughs> the mass sure. murder happened. I don't know, but so I think for me it's Thor. I mean, other than I could say you could call it Thanos. I mean. It's Thanos. Like, <laughs> Literally, ever. Thanos wins this movie always. He wins the film by coming in and being a completely opposite of what you think he's going to be. He wins the film fucking literally wins his... He wins. This movie ends, Thanos has won. It ends with him sitting on a quiet farm looking out at the sunrise after he just murdered half the galaxy and smiling quietly like this is his quiet life. He has no he doesn't want power. He doesn't want to rule anything. He wants to save everybody from themselves. And and again, we talked about this in in, in our previous non-spoiler episode. Josh Brolin's absolutely amazing in this film. The the mocap work that he does, the visual effects that he does, Thanos fucking wins this movie in in all ways, shapes, and forms. But you you're not wrong about Thor either. Like Thor's amazing in this film. He does have the fullest arc of the film as well. Well, and he and he proved to be the only one to really touch. Thanos. Well, I mean, we had two moments where it Thanos looked, almost got God. Thanos almost got God. Right. And it took the entire group working together uh-huh. on Titan oh, to almost had him to almost steal it. Um, but I mean, Thor puts an axe through his chest. Yeah. I mean, you literally, should, you should have aimed for my head. Exactly. Snap. So fuck. Like, oh my god. But I mean. It, it just further confirms, like, who's going to play a role, like, who are the people that are going to be the ones to sure. really make inroads. And obviously, we think we're getting another one in Captain Marvel. Right. Um, well, yeah, and we know we're going to get another one. But I mean, like, that's going to be the biggest reasons. Like, I imagine that Captain Marvel will be very much at the center of sure. how they beat Thanos. Oh, yeah. Well, Captain Marvel, Kevin Feige's already come out and said that Captain Marvel is the strongest character in the Marvel Universe. Like, we're yep. talking Superman-level powers. Sure. Essentially. Um, so, we've talked about our favorite characters. Let's just talk about our favorite parts, man. Fuck the, fuck the structure. All right? Let's just... We don't need to talk about plot or anything. We've talked about characters. What, what we're... And we've, we've already talked about some of the parts in general, but if you can think about favorite parts of the film... I know I have a couple. Some of them are character related, um, but I had a couple. There are a few moments beyond the pop, beyond Thor showing up on Wakanda, which was fucking dope. Um, There were like, I mean, if we want to go, let's start off real bleak. Let's start off when everybody is turning to ash and 
everybody's turning to ash on titan yeah and spider-man think about this i read something very interesting today on buzzfeed credit to buzzfeed which is something i don't normally say but one of the buzzfeed writers um made made kind of a realization or he had brought up a really good point which is that spider-man before anyone else spider-man's the only one to realize like something bad is happening right everyone else just kind of disappears they just it's right there but spider-man's like i don't feel good it's because he's spider sense is like understanding that everyone is dying and yeah. he has to have that feeling in him as he's dying and that moment where he's like he's crying and he's he's grabbing on tony stark he's like i don't want to go i don't want to go and he turns to ash in tony's hands is so fucking it wrecks me um and it's a per it's just another perfect example it goes off of holland's performance in in homecoming where he's trapped under the rubble one of the most powerful moments in the film is you realize this is a he's a fucking kid on a planet in space mm -hmm. you know and i that was a really powerful moment to me yeah um and then everything else is like holy shit this is cool like when Bucky just sees Rocket Raccoon and grabs him and they spin around in circles shooting a bunch of people. Sure. Holy shit. Yeah. No, I think it's, I mean, you definitely get the, I think one of the best parts of this film is that you get the payoff that you were hoping for in that all these characters that haven't necessarily shared the screen with each other, you get to see them team up. You know, it kind of plays to your childhood of like, you had all your action figures and sure. like you had them team up, even though they've never been in a movie or even a show together. You had, <laughs> you know, Wolverine teaming up with Spider-Man or, you know, right. things like that. So it was cool to finally get that payoff of all those crossovers. And I thought they did a good job of kind of mixing teams to some point mm -hmm. um, and getting you some of that. Um, you know, I, I, I always seem to like a lot of the, uh, the writing and some of the dialogue um, okay because i go into this expecting great action so when there's great action i don't walk away from it being like oh that was like the best part of this film because that's what i expect right and and again at this point i've come to expect great dialogue too because and performances for that matter so but i enjoyed like we already talked about i won't go into it more but when thor first goes on the ship um, with the guardians, just all of that interaction. So they're like, "Why are you? Why that, are you touching his arms?" And yeah, you it, are not a man, or you are not a man. You are a dude. This <laughs> is a man. Yeah, just all of their conversations, <laughs> Drax, all of their conversations, um, even even teenage Groot in there. Drax uh, is again uh, quietly. I'm going to put Drax in quietly as an MVP candidate. Yeah, and I think this goes to your point of the writing. Not to completely interrupt you, I apologize, but I was really impressed with how they seamlessly brought these characters together and they all, the Guardians were the Guardians. Yeah. They were introed with a, a, a modern, or not a modern, but a, uh, a classic. Rubber band man. Yeah. They were introed with the song and they were all written wonderfully. Mm -hmm. um, Drax has just a couple of just laugh out loud moments. The moment when he's when they ask him how long he's been standing there, and he's just like an hour, and the whole bit about him being able yeah. to be invisible, or when they're yelling about Gamora, like where is Gamora? Who is Gamora? Why is Gamora? Mm -hmm. Just amazing, and the yeah. writing, and again, to kind of circle back around to your point, really good. But I think 
the I think the reason why I enjoy those and even why I enjoy them in most of the films is like you need those breaks at times where it's like like I need a break from like all out action all the time. Like I love action. I can endure lots of action, but in a two hour and forty sure. minute movie, like I need some scenes where you need it's to come just, down. I need I need something to come down, something and something to lighten it up too. Like if all you gave me was action and scenes like what happens when Thanos gets the soul stone or the flashback to when he first gets or Thor's ship. Gamora. Yeah. Like even though those are slow scenes and not tons of action, like they're de- they're dark and not like they really light are. You need some refresh. <laughs> you need some refreshing scenes, some things that pick you up a little bit in a film like this. I think it's a lot like a theme park or, or you watch like a wrestling pay-per-view or, or even an episode of television. Like there, there are peaks and valleys like tradition. And I know we, we bring up wrestling all in one of these days. We're going to do a wrestling podcast. <laughs> but when you like WrestleMania is a perfect example where they have the big matches and then they put filler matches in there because you got to yeah. go to the bathroom at some point. Exactly. So that's why they have Braun Strowman pulling a kid out of the fucking audience for some bullshit. Ooh, ha, ha. Sure. Same is true of theme parks. Imagine if the theme park, imagine if Six Flags was just where the entrance was to one coaster and then you get off that coaster and the exit is the entrance into another coaster. I have done that before and I almost threw up. Exactly. We went to Six Flags, got the fast pass, literally could get on a roller coaster like two minutes after we got off of another one. After about an hour and a half of that, we just needed to go find a bench you and need sit a break. and relax. Yeah, you don't realize it. We just did it in Disneyland where we had their Max Pass and we didn't have to wait for anything. And we found that the moments where we got to sit and eat lunch, like those yeah. were the best. Yeah. Same is true for films. Like you have especially a long ass, big ass movie like this. I was, I don't want to say I was shocked at how funny it was, but I was. Yeah. I was genuinely surprised at how funny this film is. Yeah. It is really funny. And the characters are really funny. Um, I really, the other the other thing, you know, getting back to favorite things. Um, so in addition to all the Thor and Guardians. Yes. Um, two other kind of interactions I really enjoyed. I love the Titan interaction between Strange Iron Man or Tony Stark and Star Lord. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, even though we saw in the trailer the whole line of like, I like your plan, except, except that it sucks. So yeah. why don't we let me do the plan and then it'll be good? And I still laughed, even though I had seen it in the trailer like right. six times. Um, but I really enjoyed that first opening of the fight scenes. My favorite fight scene was definitely the New York one. Yeah, um, it's pretty great. Even though it only involves what? Two of the Black Order. And Two of the Black Order. You've got Wong, three. Strange, Iron Man, Spider Man. And technically Hulk, but you just get Banner he, trying yeah, to be which Hulk. Which we haven't even talked about Hulk. Well, and that leads me into my last favorite person, which was Banner. Like, okay. It was, you know, don't get me wrong. I would have loved, because it seems like they fully committed to Taika's version of Hulk, Hulk yeah. which is awesome and fantastic. Um, now they've split it into like this almost like person inside of like hulk is officially like inside of banner sure instead of it being like hulk is like when banner loses control and he just goes like blackout angry now it's like there's an actual like separate personality like Uh banner is pretty much a schizo at this point like he's he's like the movie split where he's got like (laughs) yep 
they can even communicate to each other right. at this point. Like and, that Hulk, kind of and again, Hulk gets his ass beat so bad at the, which I thought was great. Like you have to establish Thanos as some type of physical threat. So what's the way to do it? Have him wipe the floor with the Hulk. Well, and Shh. and in previous movies, all the Avengers have basically referenced that like Hulk is the trump card. Yeah, like. We have a Hulk. We have Even a Hulk. Loki says it. It like, was done to Loki, and yeah. he does it to Thanos. Yeah. And he and and Thanos beats the shit out of him so bad that the Hulk is from I got out of it like scared to come out. Like, like no, doesn't want to come out. I'm not coming out. Yeah. No, I don't want. No, what do you yeah. mean? No, you asshole. Like <laughs> really funny, but again, yeah, like really serious and interesting, interesting things. And I thought that that was. One of the things that was really surprising, and that's kind of one of the other questions I wanted to ask you, which was, were there any? Was there anything big in here that surprised you, um, that caught you off guard that you didn't expect? I think for one, the Red Skull showing up really surprised me, in a really happy way. The fact that there it was always theorized that the Red Skull didn't die at the end of the first Avenger, that he got transported because yeah. it's a space stone. Yeah. It opens up space. You even saw it open up space in the in the airplane. Sure. And the fact that they confirmed that, shit, man, even if they never do anything with that anymore, because it wasn't Hugo Weaving um, playing uh, Red Skull again. It was uh, Ross uh, Marquand, who everybody knows from his YouTube impressions, but he's actually on The Walking Dead. Like, he's a legit actor. He's not just a YouTube impression guy. He played Red Skull in this case, and he mm -hmm. did his uh, his German Werner Herzog accent yeah. impression. But I, that was a huge surprise to me when they pulled and – and even in the theater, everyone was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Red Skull's alive. Yeah, it was it was definitely really cool to see him show up. Um, as far as surprises, I mean, I think the only surprise to me really in the film, other than what we talked about as far as who got the screen time, was who they chose to... Like, it, it makes 100% sense now, like, looking back on it, that they would kill half and keep half alive mm -hmm. if you're going to have Thanos win because his whole goal is to basically cut the world in half right. or the universe in he's half. A he's straight up Two-Face. He's obsessed with duality so, so much. So it makes sense now, but it's just surprising, obviously, who who they chose to yeah. live and who they chose to die. Yeah. Because it uh, obviously Thanos has nothing to do with it, or at least you don't think he does. Right. It like, just I, it, it seems indiscriminate. Yeah, it seems indiscriminate. Uh, but it's interesting to see who Marvel decided to keep as the ones alive. Now, there's obviously the big theory now from it because both Captain America and Iron Man in, are in there as the survivors. Everybody's theory now is like the people that died are really going to be the ones to live on and carry on through the yeah. Marvel Universe. And the ones that lived are going to be all the ones whose story basically ends at Avengers 4. I don't know if it's going to be that cut and dry. I think there'll definitely be maybe some of that. Or, sure. Um, but I think everybody's just basing that off strictly by um, well, there is a there's contracts. Like, like contracts. But the thing is, is people always forget too. Tony, I mean Robert Downey Jr. hasn't had a long term contract in a number of movies. Sure. He's just been renewing movie by movie. Right. So using that mythology isn't the best. The only one that I can think. Of that you can kind of say is probably for sure on his way out is Chris Evans only because he's publicly said 
He's on I his still, way out. I still don't. I'm not. I'm not buying any of it. But that. I don't. I don't necessarily think that means he's gonna die. Sure. Like you could. He could retire. He could. I mean, it happened in the comic books where he lost the super serum and aged to his actual age. Yeah. That could so, happen. I mean, that. Or we discussed he could get sent back to the 40s. Sure. You Which never know. then you get into weird like. Yeah. If he's living in the 40s. Let's make another Captain America movie and set in the 50s. Like, are Ooh. we going to have weird timelines of, are there going to be, because that's the one thing, and this is getting down a giant rabbit hole, but we won't go too yeah, far gonna, down. Yeah, we got to nip this But in, like, but. if he goes back to the 40s, like, is there, an, like, is it like most movies where if you go back in time, like, there's two Captain Americas because there's the Captain America that was actually living in the 40s and there's just the one that's frozen the one that's frozen fuck like this is a time cop scenario are we did i mean we've never gone that route with this but we also don't know i mean we've never really gone back in time in marvel like we do in dc a lot yeah uh it's gonna be really interesting let's pivot this into talk going back to our death pool and since we've already started talking about who dies here I think we were both. We were both actually. I think we we did a pretty good job uh, together. I think we did a pretty good job of predicting who was going to live and who was going to die. Um, I was really wrong about. I mean, I don't want to go through all of these all over again. I don't think you do either. But the people who survived were Nebula, who I thought was going to die. Black Widow, who I thought was going to say be safe. Cap, I thought was going to die. He's safe. Thor's safe. Iron Man's safe. We assume that Shuri and Okoye are safe. They were off screen they when were it off happened. Screen. Just like so was uh, Pepper Potts. So was Pepper. Was off screen. So we assume she's alive too. Rocket, Banner, Wong, us, us, we're assuming. Again, another off screen. War Machine and then Stan, <laughs> Stanley. We didn't talk about Stanley. Stanley, the bus driver. Yeah, you all act like he ain't never seen a spaceship before. So again, he was off screen. We assume he's alive. Yep. And. Same thing with we didn't put them on our list because they weren't in the cast, but we assume Ant Man, Wasp, and Hawkeye, Hawkeye are all alive. Are still too. alive as well. I was really shocked that Black. I, I don't want to say I was shocked, but I was really surprised that Black Panther died. I was really surprised that like um, Bucky and Falcon died. Star Lord, Spider Man, Scarlet Witch. That's another one I really blew it on. Part of me just wonders whether. They did that to just make it abundantly clear that like these people are coming back. Because if you kill, if you kill off, sure. If they had done the opposite and killed off Iron Man and Captain America and Thor right. and Black Widow, like a lot of people probably would have thought they're done. Like yeah. that's the end of their Marvel and career. Like all we're gonna get is flashback versions of them in uh-huh. Avengers Four. They're gonna have but to think, have something. But I think because they did it this way, and it's like basically anybody who had their origin film in the last two years died. Pretty <laughs> um, much. Is pretty much is the ones that they killed. That Fuck, is, you're right, dude. That it's pretty much known that they're gonna be back. So like, let's not let's not. Kill, let's not kill Captain America and leave Falcon because then everybody's going to think Falcon's right. the next Captain America. Right. Like, let's crush all of those theories <laughs> that everybody had in this one swoop and just make it abundantly clear to people that they don't know what's going to happen. I'm just surprised that, I mean, I, I think one of my bigger surprises was that 
once I thought about it, all of the original Avengers are still alive. Yep. And I think that there's a lot of interesting stuff to play with that. Um, I think that there's talk, you talked about contracts, but in the film, there's a lot of conversation about quote unquote trading lives. Sure. That's interesting. Who's to say that there won't be some tr- lives being traded? Uh, I think I think everyone pre. So let's talk about let's 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 wrap this bitch up, or we'll try to. We're talking about what we think is going to happen. I number one, I love that Strange said earlier in the film, like I'm not going to hesitate to let Iron Man and Spider Man die to protect the universe, and then he just gives them the stone. Because he sees 14 million possibilities and only one of them is the one that they win. And I love that this is going to – I feel like this has got to pay off in that the one scenario that he saw was him giving up the time stone. Like this is the only way this is going to work. Well, and the qu- the question is there. I mean – and again, you could go in circles on this. Yeah, but, you could. But how much – of that was planned. Like, was it planned that they light that match, light that fuse on right. Star Lord, so he punches them before they get the glove off? Sure. Like, is that all part of an elaborate ruse of like selling the idea that that uh, Thanos actually defeated them? I don't think is so. Is it is it all part of like him trading the stone for Tony Stark? Like, because otherwise Thanos would have assuredly killed everybody there exactly. instead of leaving some of them alive. I think like, it's I think it's 14 million scenarios, right? 14 million scenarios. Sure. So I think a lot of those scenarios he didn't know which one he was in until he the moment where he's like, "All right, I got to give up the stone." I bet you like like 200,000 of those scenarios had Star-Lord flipping out. Like 100,000 of those scenarios but had if, them. But if there was only one scenario, he should know play by play what happens. Like so Unless those scenarios are so similar beat by beat until the moment he gives it up. You know what I mean? Like think about all the scenarios. You got to imagine it's like a choose your own adventure. I choose A, B, C, D and then I go to F. But if he but if he thought that Star-Lord needs to punch Thanos in the face for it to get to the point where it needs to be, like, he wouldn't have tried to prevent him from doing it or said anything or anything like that. Like, they, he would have, you know, wouldn't you have, like, kind of pushed it along from that standpoint? Like, Unless that's your role, like, the role is, the, like, I, I don't fucking know, man. It's crazy metaphysical nonsense. <laughs> but... I, I, you know, I agree. I mean, but the, then then you get into the whole rabbit hole of like, did he tell all those people? Like, because right. if you don't want him to screw up the scenario, like, do you have to tell him the scenario so they don't screw it up? Like, if, no, I don't if, think so. But if you're strange and you end up being one of the ones that dies, like, Tony Stark needs to know what to do from there, right? Like, because, no. but if it's there's. It's going to happen anyway. But if there's billions of scenarios. How do you know that not some of the scenarios lead up to the, him giving away the time <laughs> stone know, and then that? So I think. So, so I, what do we think is going to happen? So this is a long convoluted way of saying how. What do we think is going to happen? Who we got a year, right? And and so we've already talked about how we have Ant Man and the Wasp that's coming out that's going to be set during Civil War. We have Captain Marvel that's going to be set in the nineties. There's a general consensus, or you and I shared the thought that everybody pre snap is permanently dead. 
I don't know if I believe that, especially about Gamora. I've been, I've obviously have read a bunch of shit online. Sure. And there are two theories, particularly about Gamora, that I find really interesting. Number one is that when he snaps his fingers, he shows up and he's in just this like, it's like water, right? And Gamora's there. Baby Gamora. Little girl Gamora. And there's a theory that that's the soul stone. And Gamora's soul is trapped in the soul stone and thus then can get back out. The other theory is who's to say that Thanos couldn't use the time stone to go back and revive Gamora. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I don't know. There's a whole lot of what ifs. Yeah, there is. Because like 14 million of them. You can even say in the end scene when he's looking at the sunset, like he no longer has a giant hole in his chest. Like, yeah, he's he's healed. Like, but before he goes to his whole sunset scene, he's out there in some weird lake area Uh seeing Gamora. Like, you don't know what that all is. Like, is that reality is that in the stone sure you know where is that it was because, all a dream jacob's because, ladder scenario <laughs> so i mean i think i think you're going to see um it wouldn't surprise me if like thanos isn't in the same universe anymore of what those remaining people okay. are um that he's no longer there whether it's inside the stone whether it's i don't know Sure. Um, because I could see it being something where with Captain Marvel, with Ant-Man, they have to get somewhere that's not just in the normal universe. Right. Well, we've yeah. seen I've seen uh, there has been set photos yeah. of them of Captain Marvel or Captain America in his first Avengers costume. Tony Stark and Ant-Man in what looks to be the Battle of New York. And the two big theories are, A, time travel some way, shape, or sure. form. Or, B, Tony Stark using that the BARF technology. The mm-hmm. BARF, remember, it was an acronym for BARF, but it was being able to relive and project 3D memories and consciousness, sure. right? Yep. So, I mean... I don't know. That's an interesting point. I have no fucking clue how that might play in. Yeah. Um, but needless to say, I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, I think it wouldn't surprise me at all if we have a moment where you go back in time to something pre all of them dying. Like that wouldn't surprise me at all. Right. Um, like we could very well go back to that moment before Thor goes to hammer sure. him home with the axe. Like and hits him in the head. Yeah, or, you or know, we whatever. we go all the way back to the Avengers, which is, they bring it up, like, the invasion of New York, that's him. Like, yeah. They, they name drop the first Avengers, and even the fucking Chitauri show up in this film. Yeah, so, I don't know. I mean, they there's that's the thing about how they did it. There's so many different directions that they could go. Yeah, there it's is. It's been established through all these films that it's not like they're just sticking to a specific storyline. Because if they did that, we need Adam Warlock around, which, which is still theoried that he might be there. But one of the theories is that instead of Adam Warlock being... Because in the comics, Adam Warlock basically is the one that gets the glove from Thanos right. and defeats Thanos. Um, and then there's a whole dynamic between Adam Warlock and uh-huh. the rest of the Avengers. But there's been the theory that Adam Warlock's cut from it 
and instead it's going to be Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. So we don't know. Obviously, technically, they did lay the foundation that if we need an Adam Mar or uh, Adam Warlock. There is. Yeah, we talked about this in the um, hype episode. Yeah. So, I mean, technically, he's out there. I mean, he didn't show up in this film. No, he didn't show <laughs> up in this film, but he's technically out there, or at least we believe he's out there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll see. But um, it, it'll definitely be it'll definitely be interesting to see which direction that they go. Um, you know, there's the whole talk of you brought this up. Did shuri get all of vision downloaded yeah. before he died like could vision technically because they did establish the foundation that vision could survive outside of, of the soul the stone. stone so but again if most of his powers came from there like what is he looked what pretty he, do? he poor motherfucker died twice it's true like of everyone like we're gonna kill you we're gonna come bring you back and then we're gonna kill you again you poor android bastard yep Anyways, it's we got twelve months plus what like four days before the next Avengers. Unless film. they move it up like they did this one. That's true. They could bump it up a week. You never know. But I'm very very excited about it. It's one of the best film going theater experiences that I've had. Um, you know, we've already talked about how the film isn't perfect, but it played perfect. You know, um, so. We got a year, man. I'm excited. I ain't doing a fucking free refills miniseries again on, on all leading up to we that. We only got two more to do. That's technically we could just do free refill. Shit. We could. We could just do free refills on Ant Man Two and, and Captain Marvel. And, and this Infinity one. War. Yeah. <laughs> one year, David. We'll see we'll see you all in a year. We'll be we'll be jacked up about uh the fourth Avengers film, whatever it's called. But uh, before we go, as always, do us a favor. Follow us on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. You can go to our website, popcorndietpodcast.com, to find all of our reviews, all of our articles, all of our recent episodes. And then, as always, you can subscribe to this podcast for free on a number of different platforms, wherever you're listening, including Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. Go ahead and do it. We want, we want to be in your ear every week. Uh, but for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson. Whew. Infinity War has been fun. We'll see you in a year for the next Avengers film on the Popcorn Diet. Adios.